0: J.O.'s moves to November, the Best of Texas tournament is underway, and excerpts from a conversation with St. Mark's head coach, Mihai Oprea, on this week's TX Water Polo show. Here we go. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in beautiful Austin, and Joe's behind a desk somewhere in North Texas. So, um, Joe, are the days kind of bleeding together yet? Because I swear, up until a couple hours ago, I thought it was Wednesday.
1: Um, no, no, not quite yet for me. I mean, we had Easter this past weekend and, um, and i and I think I'm keeping track of Saturday, Sunday, and then during the week a little bit more, just the weekends are free. Now it used to be water polo all the time. Now it's, now it's no water polo. So. It's still water polo all the time. I'd hear from you on the weekends
0: too. You're, you're, you're the hardest working man in rock and roll.
1: Oh, okay. There you go.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we have a, we have so much content the next coming weeks uh, including we're gonna get into the the uh, best of the best of Texas um, contest that we're basically having but uh, first we've we got to go over some of this uh, calendar stuff because there's a huge announcement this last week about Jos um, Junior Olympics has been delayed what else can you tell us about what what you know about that
1: so uh, jos has been uh... Uh, uh, postponed or or moved to or shifted to the, the 14, 12, and 10 and under boys and girls are going to be the first weekend of thanksgiving um that'll be um that saturday sunday monday tuesday of thanksgiving break so that'll be november 21 through through november 24th that's still going to be up in the northern california kind of area um and that's boys and girls together again again uh the 14s 12s and 10s the 18s and 16s are going to be boys and girls together, which is going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and that'll be December 27th through December 30th. Um, that'll be in Irvine, uh, California. Okay. And, yeah. In, in Orange County. So
0: do you have any sense for how these decisions were made? I'm, I know they're not easy ones and, uh, I'm just curious about whether you, if you have any insight
1: into how this, this came about, I mean, obviously you know um i work i kind of work for usa water plumbing it's just it's no one really knows what's going to be happening this summer and though and the pool availability for not just having an event but it's also the teams that would be competing in an event right so there has been talk about teams are going to be able to get back in in june or there's going to be or they're not gonna be able to get back in until august and we don't know right now and we may not know for a few weeks yeah and i think usa water polo yeah we we wanted to get everybody the word out as 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 soon as possible just so people can plan yeah and you know it's i mean is it ideal Uh, of course not i think everybody would love to have I, i think everybody would love to have the jos at the time this year but you know it's going to be a that would have been a lot less teams like uh and but this year now it gives everybody plenty of time to plan they yeah and they pick times to where you can still have a, a kind of a four-day tournament um and i think the solution is incredible i mean are there going to be challenges of course there's going to be challenges to we be have, so we have yeah so there's everybody has to buy the team parking. Is, so you got to do it. And um, and but it's but it's also cold in northern California in the mornings and evenings in August. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a little chilly. Sure. But I mean, this is this is going to be one of those years where no one's going to forget about their J.O. experience. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very positive for everybody that is going to be playing.
0: Well, let's go into that actually in a minute because that's a very good point. Um, I, we also know – well, there, there's – what news is there about Welcome to Texas Shootout?
1: Is there anything else that you can share about that? So the Welcome to the Texas Shootout has been tentatively rescheduled for Labor Day weekend. Okay. Which is September 5th, 6th, and 7th. It was scheduled for Memorial Day weekend. It has now been moved off of that weekend in May and put in September. So that will be September 5th, 6th, and 7th this year. Um, it's still going to be in San Antonio. We're yeah, we're still helping to get a bunch of teams from outside of the state mm, to come in yeah. all the various age groups and divisions. So we're really trying to kind of have that event in San Antonio um, on a good weekend at a wonderful facility. Yeah, um, it will move back to to the Memorial Day weekend time in 2021, but this is again there's a lot of decisions that have to be made there and like in like and like the calendar is, yeah, is tough, but you know what we've, there was, there's nothing historically been scheduled in Texas on Labor Day weekend. So that's, so that's why we chose that weekend. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. That facility is awesome. Like that, 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 I'm hoping that becomes like a very big tradition for people to travel to that tournament. But, and then, I mean, and then, so that's a, that's, that's a big domino that, yeah, that kind of went down. We know about JOs now. So, yeah, so now all the clubs can get together and plants. So we're talking about kind of when are the best times to have JO quals. Um, now we can start putting in other events like, you know, tags or the or the events that are already scheduled in in, in the fall or are they have to move here or there. The ODP dates are they have to move here or there. And these are lots of discussions that, that are going to be happening here in, over the next couple of weeks. Then hopefully we'll have a kind of a big super summer, fall, winter season schedule that comes out here by the end of April. So. Well, g- well,
0: given that you have had these conversations and you you and others have as well, um, the key event is that f- the key item is that JOS have been delayed. Um, given that, what do you think is going to sort of happen this summer?
1: Like how how is it going to shake out? Do you think? Well, we still have another domino that needs to be played, and that's going to be um the high school season we still don't know um um, as of as of right now it's just been suspended it hasn't been canceled um like the UIL and the schools are still all set to start back up on kind of may 4th we don't know if that's gonna be pushed back or not uh we don't know i mean the UIL is probably waiting for the schools and then the schools are probably waiting for the governor to act and you know so once the UIL knows then we were going to try to maybe like if the UIL is able to have events again, the Tiska water polo season, they're going to try to have a championship. Right. And I believe the latest that they can probably do it is mid to late June. So this right now, I, that's of course if kind of, if we get back in the water here in May and early June, but you know, that's going to be the next big thing that kind of gets ticked off the checklist. Okay. Um, any, any idea about things
0: like uh, jail qualifiers or zone championships or anything like that?
1: Well, I mean, like like the like the JO qualifiers the, for the 14 and 12 was going to be hosted by Thunder in North Texas this summer, and the JO calls for the 18s and 16th was going to be hosted by um uh like the like the Cypher Water Polo Club this summer. Now the good thing is they both also already have tournaments in the fall: the Armadillo Classic for Thunder, the and and then the Shark Fest for the Cyfair Group. Hmm. So now, you know, there's talk about, you know, kind of are we going to have them together with their other previous events? Are we going to combine them? Are we going to just move, kind of move stuff around? Oh, interesting. So, I mean, something, there's there's a lot of options on the table. Um, we have the Southwest Zone Events Committee um, that meets every couple months, and we're kind of be meeting this upcoming Thursday, now that we know about JOs, to kind of go over options. Again, we can't really solidify anything just yet we do need to know about the high school season and of course everything that we decide is still going to be quote-unquote tentative just because it's um how do i put this like you know we don't know how late this is going to go our team's going to be able to get in by june 1st i'm hearing that there's going to be pools that are going to be available starting june 1st i'm hearing other people aren't aren't going to be able to start till august
0: wow wow (laughs) okay yeah, I haven't heard anything from my pool, so I, I don't have any idea. That, that's...
1: I mean, but like you know, we're gonna, we are we're definitely gonna have to find a spot for. Um, we'd love to have tags still played. Um, that is the eighth grade and sixth grade and under championships. That's normally competed in the springtime. Um, yeah, whether or not that's in July, August, September, I don't know. Um, we'd love to have. Um, we, I mean if everybody's able to play, we'd love to have some sort of zone based kind of, kind of summer champs. There's going to be opportunities for people to have like a quick little mini summer league season or something like that for all those, te- like for all the players that just want to do something um, and play. Like even if they don't start till July one, they are able to talk. Yeah. You got to kind of get in there and do like a four six week season. Yeah. Before school starts. Cause I don't think anybody's going to want to take a big break in August. Like we do normally. Right. And as a big break, I mean like, a two three week break yeah yeah so it, like you know kind of teams still may want to take a week break but it's still going to be i mean it's people are going to want to do stuff people are going to do not, stuff
0: i'm glad you mentioned that because i was going to ask anyway because you and i've had discussions about you know things that could fill the calendar that used to be occupied by jo's and qualifiers and so on i think that's really cool about having sort of a I'm just gonna say unofficial zone championship or or something like that. I think that'd be really cool. Um,
1: yeah, uh, we all yeah we're also having like and I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not, but we're having the half games of Texas. Yeah, which is the last week of July. That's only gonna be for fortunes and 12s. That's gonna be in Corpus Christi that last they yeah, had that last weekend of July. This was on the schedule before. It's still on the schedule now. Um, it's it's part of like a mini kind of a sports fest. Yeah, yeah, that's and really cool. And there to be fireworks and stuff like that on the Friday afternoon and evening and opening ceremonies and kids are gonna be able to go to other sports. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Ooh, it's like
0: our old JOs experience. There you go. Yeah, cool. Um, A couple other things we're going to take a break here in a moment. Um, first of all, scholastically Joe already mentioned that the UIL hasn't updated any of uh, anything really since the last week. Um, the SBC, which in which uh, St. Mark's is a member has canceled the remainder remainder of the spring season. It's uh, obviously they're the, only water polo team in that small conference um taps is the other private school conference and there's no word from them at least not not publicly and that doesn't mean that st mark's can't play in the upcoming high school season if we end up having a high school season not at all it just means that the that, that conference their varsity programs not their club programs
1: are finished for the year um yeah i mean and then we have this upcoming thursday we started this past thursday the coaches to coaches so yeah. how did that go it was great um go. there was Um, There was a little bit of the technical difficulties on my end. Uh, I've figured all that out and got it straightened away. And this upcoming Thursday, so, uh, yeah, we're going to have Scott Slay. That's going to talk about counterattack. And Scott's from Viper Pigeons in Foster High School, kind of down in Houston. And then for next week, we're going to have Brandon Dion, and he's going to talk about starting uh, kind of a high school water polo club and kind of how that is going to be and how he – kind of use that to help grow his swim team and kind of what he would do if he was starting a high school team for the fall of 2021. Nice. When do I get to do one? They get to listen to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays or, oh, or the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They gold. get to listen got, to listen I can spin
0: gold, man. Like, I, I have so many good ideas. No, I'm delighted not to be part of that. That's like, that is made for other people to do. And so far, it seems to be quite popular. In fact, it's gotten some national attention. So this is good to know. Um, okay, time for a break, and then we'll get into the best of Texas. <laughs> Right about now you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need well shush we don't advertise here and we want to keep it that way so we sure would appreciate your help show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love
1: in the great state of texas
0: Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water
2: polo in Texas.
1: James and
0: Joe, back with you. Uh, We are introducing, as we discussed last week, our new feature, The Best of Texas. We're really trying to talk about the history of the state of um, Texas, as far as high school water polo is concerned, and the best teams that existed, and... Um, basically highlight just what a cool um entire experience has been since nineteen seventy two as we talked about last week Texas is unique like it started earlier than many many other states, so we should it 's a point of pride I would say um so we're gonna we've actually put together a bracket of the top sixteen teams boys and girls, and they are teams selected from throughout the decades, Um, and we're gonna talk about that here in a second. But first of all, we made one small change, which was that uh, we were gonna talk about the top three or five programs per decade, but that's gonna get rolled into what we're gonna talk about right now. And then we'll also come back later and talk about the best programs from each decade. That's, we'll do that in a few weeks. Um, But before we do that, um, let's, let's talk about how this was, how they were selected, Joe. So you and others spoke with a bunch of coaches throughout the state and people who've been around the game for a long time to come up with this
1: list. Is that right? Yeah. So if people want to complain, you can complain to me. That's fine. I did talk to a bunch of people, um, and I got everybody's thoughts on the different teams. Uh, we used basically like teams had to be a state champion. They couldn't mm-hmm. be a state runner up. Um, they had to be a state champion. We wanted to make sure that we had the representation from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and the, and the 2010s. For sure, yeah. You know, we're probably like there was a couple times when there was a couple good teams that that won back to back, but we only picked one of them mm-hmm. to kind of represent that team or that program. So, I mean, is it perfect list? No, but you know, it's yeah, it's it's the list that we have. Um, there are going to be, I mean, we think it's pretty good. Um, and it, and it is going to be some interesting matchups along the way for sure. Right. And, and if you might have any difference of opinion with this, then we'd love to have
0: your comments about that. Maybe we're missing out on something that you know about more than, than the rest of us, but this is, there is no perfect, uh, bracket. This is, it's for entertainment and for fun. And it's a little bit of a, um, statistical you know, task to go through, but it's just a, it's a cool way to to recognize these teams that were so good over these decades. And the way that we did the brackets
1: were um, obviously we want to try to avoid like, you know, a 1985 Sterling team playing a 2001 Sterling team in the, in like in the first round. So right. what we did was very unscientifically, we put the oldest state champion against the newest state champion. And then we tried to kind of keep doing that throughout Sometimes, you know, kind of we wanted to avoid like a team playing each other. And then we put them on the on the different brackets. And then then what we tried to do was in each little quadrant, we tried to to like, you know, if there was like the multiple Sterling teams, we didn't want, you know, kind of like, you know, two Sterling teams in one bracket. Right. Playing you know, one and, other, yeah. and then we tried to have a team from the 70s, 80s, a, a team from. You know, like the late 80s and 90s, and then a team from the 2000s and 2010s in, yeah, a kind of in each bracket. So we tried to spread it around a little bit. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope that there's going to be a lot of people vote and they're going to get up there. And and then I assume you're going to have some little chat function up. And available, and people can kind of talk smack and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So.
0: Yeah, we'll put that out. So that's going to go live. Basically, it's sort of done already. I just need to make sure to test it and put it out live. It should be out later tonight or tomorrow morning. Um. So. Uh, so that's you know that's
1: going to be starting Wednesday, April fifteenth.
0: So. Right. Yeah. For those, it's Tuesday that's we're recording this right now. So yeah, Wednesday. Um. And and we'll leave that open until basically next Tuesday. And if we had to extend it for some reason, we would. I would.
1: It's, uh, and then it's we're, not that big a deal. And then we're going to be doing that each week. So uh, like, you know, this week is the brackets of 16. Yep. then next week's going to be the elite eight yep. the week after that's going to be the final four. Then, and then we'll do the, like the champions and the best programs. The, yeah. The last week. So. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So let's go through some of these matchups. I'm going
0: to just, you just chime in when you think one of these uh, matchups is of particular, particular interest. Um, honestly, for me, this is educational. Like I do not really know about most of these teams. Of course, since 2010, I have an idea about them. But, uh, but there's ones that you know about very well. There's ones that you know about because you spoke to other coaches. So let's go through these one by one. So here we go, girls bracket, and this is in no particular order. So there's not. It's not as though this first matchup means one versus 16 or anything like that. Joe already described that. So first matchup is the Clear Creek girls from 1977 versus versus the 29 foster team
1: well obviously the 2019 foster team that's fresh in the memory scottsley had a good uh, kind of a good group of girls a deep group and they were going to come back and maybe be state champions again in yeah in 2020 but um and the 1977 clear creek team they won the first three state championships so this is a representative team in some ways yeah that's really cool yeah kind of in a way so yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so next one is 1999's Cypress Girls versus
1: the 2007 uh, Sterling Girls. Like I think this is just my personal opinion. I think the 2007 Sterling team was one of the strongest teams out there. Um, yeah, they had Amy Olson and Allie Hill and Tara Brigham and Darla Vasquez and Katie Vasquez. I mean, they have they were deep, right. and they even had they even had a, a bunch of kids that were younger on that team too. That was probably one of the best teams that I, yeah that I've seen so. Okay, for sure.
0: It's same with the night. Well, do you know anything about the 1992 Sterling team? They're matched up with the 2006 Humble team, which means So, the 1992
1: Sterling team was actually the first team that Mac coached, you know, whenever he was there. And I specifically asked Mac, "So, you won a couple state championships there in 92 and 94. So, which one was your better team?" And he goes, "The 92 for sure." And I think that's a and that's a team that he kind of um inherited from Tom Langraf, who was at Sterling kind of before that, and yeah, And he goes and that team was deep and strong. Yeah. And and then they're going against the humble team in 2006. Um, So that's the 92 Sterling versus the 2006 humble team. And that was the last team in humble high school history. It was, it was, they had eight girls on that team. Eight total girls, because what they did was they opened up another school in that school district, and they kind of rezoned. Um, uh, coach Chuck Blackman, who was the coach at Humble, was leaving Humble after that year as well. So, the, like the new coach that came in, they didn't really want to continue the program. Um, so, a bunch of girls kind of, yeah, yeah kind of stayed at Humble for a year. That so there was it was a mix of a couple of kind of really strong kind of kind of freshman sophomore and a bunch of really strong seniors. They went undefeated with eight girls wow. you know, Yeah, throughout the year. That's incredible. They, and and I, I think they won one overtime game against Sterling. Mm hmm. And that was the 2007 Sterling team. So that's that was incredible. a so that was a that, that was a good strong team in 2006 and 2007. Very so.
0: interesting. Yeah, I did not know about that. And all and and um, uh, so well anyway. The that's followed by a matchup with our first team from San Antonio, Marshall, the 1987 Marshall girls versus the 2016 South Lake Carroll team.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is obviously the 87 Marshall girls is uh, is kind of representative of the strong teams from the San Antonio kind of area. Um, and I think it was, it, it was Shannon Denson that kind of played and kind of, and, and kind of led them. Um, and they had, they had just lost the previous three straight uh, state championship games to Clark high school. So Marshall and Clark both from San Antonio played in eight straight state championship games. <laughs> it's, and I know we talked about that before, that but played, it's stunning. So. Yeah. So, and uh, the, yeah, and this is the last game that they played against each other. So, incredible um and then the Carroll team that was again a kind of a a recent team that was a that was the first north texas girls team that yeah that broke through them and won a state championship
0: yeah that's the that's the really important piece of news about that that's really interesting and um marshall returns for our next match as well the 1981 team against the 2018 guyer team so
1: i think kind of the like the 81 girls team that was a val like uh, a valerie bean and she was probably on the national team back in the day, um, so she's probably probably one of the best players ever to come out of Texas. And that's against San Antonio Marshall, and they're in, yeah, and they're going against the Denton Guyer team, who is probably one of the deepest teams in Texas. Right. Um. They probably, I, I think they had four girls that that are currently playing NCAA NCAA water polo. They also have, um, they probably went three or four players deep, of which a couple more are also going to play NCAA water polo kind of once they graduate. Got it. I mean, um, so just, yes, yeah, just kind of, kind of from that one group, you're probably gonna have eight or nine players that are gonna have played NCAA water polo from that 2008, 18 Kyra team. Wild. And
0: the next is uh, a team that is always at the top of the the girls' rankings, St. Agnes. Their 1997 team versus the 2014 version of Sterling.
1: Yeah. So the 97 uh, St. Agnes teams, that was the Ginny kind of like 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 Edwards teams. They had some strong teams there at the end of the 90s. Um, uh, I mean Mac McDonald kind of mentioned it last week on the podcast he thinks that this is the best team in the history of uh, uh, Texas girls water polo they had size and they had speed and they had toughness they had a, t- a kind of a ton of kids go off and play um, NCAA water polo again a very strong team there the 2014 Sterling team so this was at the tail end of the Sterling dominance for the girls and um, like they won from basically 2007 they I think they lost kind of yeah, maybe one or two times in there, but they like they won state championship from 2007 all the way through 2014 with a couple years that they didn't in there. But they won six NCAA or like like the Texas high school championships in that, 2000, in that 2014 had Kelly uh, Kelly Woodruff, who currently plays at Fresno State on it. Um, that And she's probably again up there is probably oh, one of the best players ever to come out of Texas. So. Right.
0: And then uh, 2001 Sterling versus the 04
1: Clear Lake team. Yeah, this is one of those matchups that's kind of close together, you know. Um, and I think the Sterling team that was led by Shelby Slay, Scott's sister, and Jan, uh, and Jan Baldwin in goal. So there was a ton of of uh, really good players back then, and they had a. And that was the year that Sterling won both boys and girls. So I think they had a strong team that, yeah, that year. Awesome. And the final matchup before we head on to the boys is the 1984 Clark girls versus the 2016 Cypress girls. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like the Clark girls that. Yeah, that team kind of represents they won four straight state championships again, they were kind of that program that played in eight straight uh, state championship games. And, And everybody I talked to from back then, they all mentioned the 1984 team as as the best team of like of that group led by Mark Kelly. Uh, and the 2016 team that was uh, part of kind of back-to-back champions with uh, Chandler and like in the Cypress Creek team, they had a deep team that year. They had a mm-hmm. deep team. I think they won also in 2017. I, I mean, and I talked to a few people, and everybody kind of agrees that they were a little bit deeper in, in 2016. So. Got it.
0: OK, let's go on to the boys. We're we're uh, we have an interview coming up with uh, Mihael Oprea of uh, St. Mark's. We can, so let's run through these a little bit more quickly. Um, your first matchup is 1974's Boys of Lamarck uh, versus the 2018 Flower Mound team.
1: Obviously, everybody knows the like the current Flower Mound team. They were a strong team. They were in the state championship game a couple years back to back. Uh, Lamarck, that was led by Don Boyd back in the 70s. And uh, and some, and some people said that that was the best team in the 70s of God. the 70s. So then
0: 1991 uh, team from Sterling versus 1998
1: team from Clear Lake. I think the 91 Sterling team was probably one of the best teams ever. That was a bunch of kids that had played at North Shore and came over to Sterling in 91. And they also joined a whole bunch of a really strong team at Sterling and they won back-to-back championships in 91 and 92. So,
0: okay. And then, uh, next one is 1992. Um- now you pronounced it humble. I don't know whether that's a, that's the proper way to do it, but 1992 humble versus 2001 Sterling.
1: Yeah. The '92 Umble, humble, I think the leading player was Joel Broussard. Um, and, uh, and, uh, uh, was it um that was that was like they again won back-to-back championships and that was and that was their strongest team of the two years in the 2001 sterling um that had um that had uh mac McDonald was the head coach the uh the, the the assistant coach were scott slay and uh and justin pudwill so that was a pretty strong coaching staff there um they had and uh, they had Andrew Pudwell they had a ton of strong kids on that team and uh was it uh so we're going to be doing a podcast kind of next week with Justin Pudwell and he said that that like he thinks that's the best team in the history of Texas high school water pool
0: yeah so. long conversation with him that's uh that we're looking forward to putting out there next week um, really interesting stuff um the next game is the 1985 team from Clark versus the 09 Clear Lake team
1: so the 85 Clark team again. They won four straight uh, state championships, and that was that was the that was the group that went oh you know one hundred one and one. Um, and uh, I talked to a few people kind of from back then. They went undefeated in night uh, in that fall of '85, and that was by far the strongest team. They even had a kid that got excluded in 30 seconds into the first quarter, <laughs> and one of their best players, and they still won the game by about about
0: five or six goals. Um, followed by 1975 St. Mark's. It's their first championship uh, before the, the, the program was uh, halted for a while versus the 2012
1: straight Jesuit team, a one that I know pretty well. Yeah, this is two private schools kind of going at it. Um, I, I I think Strake had a, a very strong team back then. They had a couple of players that went off and played in college. The 1975 team, that was, again, that was probably the first team that won from North Texas. But again, those like, like that St. Mark's team and the Lamarck team were the top two teams from the 70s. So. Yeah, cool. North and south, too, because I, I didn't know Lamarck
0: was uh, basically Houston. I just didn't know. So next game, 1987's team from Marshall
1: versus the 07 Sterling team. Again, this 87 Marshall team is basically uh, uh, like a representation of the strong teams from the, like the San Antonio kind of area in the 80s. They had a ton of players. This was the first year that they played in four straight state championships. They had a ton of players ton of players, strong from Ellis Eaton to Chris Oliveira, all the way down to Brent Coffey and Joe Vasquez and Matt. And yeah. the only reason I know them is because I, the, I, I was about the same age as those guys. So. Right. Yeah. You, you, you Those all popped right off the top of your head. So that's what there we you figured. The, like the 87 Marshall team is playing the 2007 Sterling team. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, this is my opinion. I think the 2007 Sterling team is probably the best boys team that I've seen. In Texas, that was the yeah. Zane Belal and Matt Choppa and Stevie Ray team. So. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's an impressive lineup.
0: Okay, 86 Sterling versus 2006
1: Psy Creek. Yeah, so the 86 Sterling team that was a that was a tremendous team. They kind of broke through and beat uh, and beat a couple San uh, uh, like a couple San Antonio teams. The 2006 Side Creek team, that that was a uh, kind of Coach Eric Sharar kind of kind of led the resurgence of the Side Creek program. A strong, strong kind of lineup. Very great athletes, great swimmers, and a few of them kind of, yeah, a few of them kind of went off and played out in college too. Cool. And finally, the,
0: uh, the for our first round, uh, 1981 team from Holmes versus the
1: 2015 team from St. Marks. 1981 Holmes team that is coach Kurt Swanson, led by Paul Lagucci in the water. Strong team. I believe Paul Lagucci still plays uh, kind of masters water polo. Um, that is like, I mean. That was a huge strong team. Again, we're kind of yeah, just kind of right there at the beginning of the decade of dominance for San Antonio in the eighties. And the 2015 team, I mean, we talk about some of the best players ever. Um, kinda Timothy Simmons is gonna be right up there with Zane Bilal and Stevie Ray, uh kind of Paula Gucic. You have a lot of strong players up and up and down the line, but Timothy Simmons and that 2015 team kinda kinda represents that whole thing of Mark's group that just has had a great run the last uh, five or six years. Yeah, that's uh, that. Well, obviously, that's the team that I know the
0: best of all of these, I would say, um, since I was pretty knee deep in following them. So that's it for now. We're going to send out this uh, link later today so that you can vote on that. But we're going to take another short break and then come back with excerpts of a conversation, maybe one of my favorite ever, with St. Mark's head coach, Mihai Oprea. Hey, guys, it's Ben McElmore with Houston Rockets. Just want to encourage you guys to continue to help one another, stay safe, continue to wash your hands daily, uh, continue to practice social distancing as we go through this tough time, uh, but we all will get through it together. Sending love to all our NBA fans, hope to you know get back out there on the court, uh, continue to stay quarantined clean and
1: go Rockets. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's water polo programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas water polo, I always listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast.
0: Six-time state champion, several-time coach of the year, and a pioneer of water polo in Dallas. It's Mihai Oprea, head coach at St. Mark's. How are you, Mihai?
2: Hi James, I'm doing
0: well. Thank you very much. Good, good. This is uh, we're we're talking um, uh, obviously in a time when we got some spare time about the history of Texas water polo, and it would be ridiculous not to get a chance to speak with you about it, um, given the success that you've had. Um, St. Mark's has been a very successful program over the years and has won several championships, as we were to discuss. You did eventually end up at St. Mark's, and uh, and it wasn't necessarily for water polo. When you signed a contract with them and that you knew that you were going to be working there, did you have any particular aims in mind?
2: Um, Yes. So uh, I was the aquatics director at Four Seasons. And through friends, I, I found out that St. Mark's was the only school in Dallas that had water polo.
0: In 75 and 77, I think, right?
2: Yeah, that was in the 70s. They won in 75, 77. Of course, it was a lot smaller the sure. state, then, but they did win. But in the mid-80s, they dropped the program because there's no competition in Dallas. So all the, all the games were in San Antonio or Houston, and the coaches got tired of traveling every weekend to play, so they dropped the program. Right. Uh, so to me, I went to the athletic director and – And I expressed my, hey, look, you know, this is who I am. I would like to start it back. And he said, well, I'm not sure if we want to, but maybe we can use it to do other things here. And uh, I said, fine. And then after that, that was in 96, he called me, said, you're not going to believe it, but I have like three or four kids that would like to play polo. So I came in 96 and and I did a season of polo voluntarily for St. Mark's and then went away. And, and then in 97, they called me and said, look, we have a job for you if you want. And uh, and I came in and I start uh, coaching volleyball and soccer. And then I started a rugby program and then I started a team handball program. Uh, so, so I coach a lot of things. But of course, the only thing in my mind was to start water polo again. And in 1999, I took the swim team uh, as the varsity coach of swim team. And then from there on, I start. Pushing water polo and and um, I built a swim team around the water polo team, which eventually in the long term was a great success right. for the swim team. Um, and uh, had to drop handball in 2009. <laughs> Finally. When, well, we had to do. I had to do because the, we moved to spring, uh, and handball was a spring sport, so uh, we dropped handball and and kind of um, obviously moved on. Like anybody else in the state, it was was kind of an explosion of water polo after 2009. So I didn't
0: realize you were involved in all the weird European sports that Americans don't understand. Handball, I don't, water polo, I football. I
2: trust me, it was, it was funny trying to even introduce it to people. And uh, But I, you're going to be surprised. Team handball was an um, immense success at St. Mark's. We we played in Junior Olympics, won the California State Championship uh, for 10 years. Wow. Uh, we hosted a Texas uh, Cup, and it was handball was amazing, and and we had some amazing kids, you know, that now they played in NFL and all that, that played handball for me, and it was great. Rugby was also good. Um, judo, I had to do judo. Wow. So a lot of a lot. <laughs> eclectic. Of... <laughs> Yeah.
0: Team, team handball is so awesome, and I, I admit I'm one of those who watches it, you know, essentially every four years. So I'm, I'm missing out on it this summer with the delay of the Olympics. But uh, it's not only, you know, it's it's really fun to watch in and of itself. But it's also an incredibly useful water polo training uh, oh, method. It's,
2: it's, I think it's it's water polo on land. That's what yeah. I think of. You know, it's yeah. no question about it. This, I mean, obviously you can do different, you know, different techniques and different type of tactics because you're on dry land, but the the whole idea and the concept, it's it's the same game.
0: Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, so the, uh, by the end of the 90s, you weren't yet a varsity sport. I think you're, the, the swim team had, has long been established as one of right. the good teams in the States as a varsity sport, but water polo was not until no. 2004?
2: That's correct, yes.
0: Yeah, so… So how did that uh, – was that the plan all along? I mean, it only makes sense that it would.
2: Well, yeah, that there was, there was obviously the plan, but uh, it was a uphill battle. Uh, as you probably know, uh, since 98, 99, uh, there are very few programs here. It was Chris Collin at uh, Denton and Regina Moss at uh, Richardson and Pierce and St. Mark's up here. Uh, and, and obviously everybody starting from, from zero, um, and then moving on and getting a zone here in, in 2000, uh, with Temple in our zone, uh, and, and starting from there, you know, so, uh, in 2000, uh, when it was the first, uh, uh, first time for the North region to have a championship, uh, so from 2000, 2000 and nine uh only the the top team the team that wins the championship in the north region would go to state okay but not really going to state. they'll have to play have a play in game to get into state Wow. so so we did that for years in 2000 temple won then from 2001 over for many 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 years St. marks won and we won in and and of course the first few years we lost the first game by 30 40 points of course um we got destroyed but then like i said like you said in 2004 finally um we we came varsity that made a little difference you know because we can attract a few more kids uh, but again it was a long process uh trying to get support from from the administration you know trying to to get the kids interest to play uh you might you might know the pool at saint marks you know it's it's we're very lucky to have one but it's not necessarily good for water polo um uh, so you're trying to sell a sport that you can ex- actually can practice in that pool right uh, so so it was a it's a long process but um but it was a good one
0: I admit that I've actually never been to the St. Mark's campus. I've been here since 2011, give or take a year or two. Yeah, so I need to to make my way up there. So um, you are one of many Europeans who have come to this country with a water polo background. And I'm always fascinated about your experience with the athletes here. And what I mean is there's most definitely different cultures um, around the world as far as athletes are concerned. What was it that you learned about the differences in uh, that that Americans exhibited, uh, uh, you know, in comparison with Romanians and other Europeans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, Well, my 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 biggest problem at the beginning uh, was the lack of games and the lack of plan, because uh, I had to 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 be consistent on this discipline of kind of delay gratification And work on your skills, work on your fundamentals rather than just play. Mm. So so I encountered this problem that that, the kids just wanted to play. They didn't want to spend time on conditioning. They didn't want to spend time on swimming. They didn't want to spend time on legs. They didn't want to spend time on ball handling. They they just wanted to play. And and it took a while to to convince them through generations, you know, that hey, you just you just can't play. This is not playing. This is kind of like Backyard play—you can do that in your own pool. That is not pool, so uh, you pretty much had to change the entire culture uh, of the program. So when a kid came to the program, they knew what to expect. They knew mm-hmm. that they're going to have to bust their butts you know, in, in practice and practice, you know, conditioning and skills and uh, technique and fundamentals. So I think what the diff- thats what the difference you that you are mentioning—is. Uh, the time that European coaches are spending on fundamentals, um, and I think you know, as a totally different culture, and the coaches there can be a little bit more strict. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they, you, there are a lot more things you can do to your athletes than here. <laughs> you know? Uh, and the family will understand it. Actually, will support it. Here, will probably get arrested. So, uh, you know. So, yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but with time, you know, if you develop a culture of hard work and discipline, and you know, that the kids actually like it. Uh, that's what I learned. That the boys, and I coach only boys at same right. course. That boys like discipline. You know, they they really do. Uh, they don't want to show it. But uh, we're pack animals, you know, so they like discipline and they they like leadership. So uh, with time, they learn. But it was uh, it was it was tough, you know,
0: that's a great way to put it, the pack animal things. And so you led your pack to its first state championship in 2009. What are your memories of that year and uh, and of that team?
2: Oh, that's just the most fun and most great memories, of course, because your first one and 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 we knew how long it took us, um, uh, you know, from from the from the 2001 playing game when we lost to Clear Lake 42 to one, I think, or whatever it was, uh, and with having kids that could not swim a 25 straight, uh, and a goalie could not tread water for more than 10 seconds and had to go hang on the wall, uh, and then end up winning a championship. I mean, can you imagine? It's just um, it was. Obviously, you know, we won a few more times after that, but n- no one is as sweet at that one uh, because it was the first and it was unexpected for anybody, you know. So we had a great group of kids at that time, not necessarily the, the best there in terms of water polo players, but they had the heart and that team would never lose. I mean, they would not allow anybody to beat them. So, so proud of them. It was just great memory
0: so maybe a little bit less skilled than some of your later teams but oh, as uh, much harder as you've ever seen right
2: absolutely i mean there's no question about when you talk about skill and fundamentals and swimming ability or shooting or anything they're just like not even close to any of you know any of the teams from 2003 up so uh, but but again they're a great group of guys great leadership uh, you know and and this uh, this attitude that uh, I'm not going to let you walk over me and, and, and took the challenge and and I, it, was, it was amazing, very proud of those kids.
0: Right. And so then um, a, a loss in the state championships in 2011 and then a run that began basically, uh, well, 2014, in which you uh, you won f- uh, four, five out of the the following six years.
2: Yeah.
0: And I know for a fact that you're more interested really in the consistency of this team over that period of time. So there's an 11-year period in which you were top three. Is
2: that right? Uh, that is correct. Uh, from 2009, we're, we were every year in the top three either, either win, uh, came in second once, uh, and, and third, and, and that every year was by losing by one goal in a semi final. So we're very close every year. We're legit chances to win. So, um, yeah, what exactly what you said the consistency is what, um, what I am. Really proud of that program and and the kids and and everybody was part of it. My my coaching staff um, that I think is amazing, you know, with uh, Spencer Dornin and Peter Hudak and and Alex Stankovic and and my wife with Janice Oprah throughout the years. I mean, they're just amazing, amazing coaches, and we had amazing kids. So, you know, to be to be there in the top three for for 12 years, and I think we had legit. Legit, uh, this year will be probably in the top three, uh, and, and looking at the rosters and, and teams, probably next year too. So that's that's a great run. So I'm really proud of that.
0: There's nothing more fun than speculating about who, and we're assuming that there will not be a state championship this year. That we might be wrong about that, but um, but the, that's one of the most fun speculations is whether it's St. Mark's, whether it's Guyer, whether it's Foster, somebody else. The, oh. the, who knows? But the the it's a it's a cool, water cooler talk, as they
2: say. Absolutely. I mean, all these teams, you know, the guy is an exceptional team with Cameron and 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 Chris Collin as a coach, and uh, obviously they have a unbelievable chance to win this year. Same thing with Foster and Scott, and uh, maybe other teams did, but we do too. We always said, you know, we we do have a chance. And again, if we're if we were not to win, we're, I I'm almost sure we would be in the top three. So. um you know, but but again, I hope you're wrong. You know, I hope you don't have a <laughs> Me chance. Me too. To play, but but uh, unfortunately, I am so sad for the seniors and and looking at like like Chris's team with with uh, with his son on the yeah. team and and all the seniors he has on the team to to not have this chance is, is tragic, and I'm so sorry and um, for my kids too and all the other seniors there. It's just uh, just a tragedy. Uh, but you know. Not much we can do about no, it. No, not really. Um, uh, here, let's
0: get into some some controversial questions. My uh, my selection when Joe and I come to the end of the best team that I've ever seen is your 2015 team that uh, Tim Simmons was the the captain of, right. and uh, that that shouldn't be a, a surprise. But I've only been here since 2010 2011. Yeah, um, I'm. I will ask if you have a favorite or the best of your teams, but you don't. Have, I I wonder whether you want to answer that. But if you don't want to answer that, yeah. Do you recall a team that you observed, not you know, not St. Mark's, that was the most impressive over the course of your career?
2: Well, uh, you're right. I, I mean, I I'm proud of 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 all the teams, and 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 we know we look. Better sometimes than other times, but but I think each team that won was an amazing team and and um, but you're right. I mean other teams that that I liked throughout the career, my career here, uh, you know, obviously Clear Lake um, uh, were were kind of like the top when when we started with Tom Langraft there, um, you know, Sterling with Mac and then Scott. Uh, there's some things from San Antonio. Um, I, I can't remember now exactly the name, but just uh, or or the kid. And I'm sorry about it because this is one of the best kids I've seen uh, on a San Antonio team. I re, I remember. Can't remember exactly the year, but uh, but um, straight Jesuit had an amazing team, and everybody thought they were gonna win. And we had this team from San Antonio. I can't remember the the name of the kid or the, but I think he scored nine goals in that game and and took (laughs) uh, straight Jesuit out. Um, and that was, that was amazing to see. Uh, so, so there's some, some, some teams out there that, that I enjoyed, you know, side cricket some, sometimes the couple of years. Um, so, so definitely lots of good teams, lots of good players, individual players, um, I, I haven't I haven't seen a team yet that would have seven people in the water that are amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but again, there are two or three, you know, that they're like just amazing players, and and these guys obviously end up playing college and Division One college, and there are a bunch of them from Houston, uh, there are a few from from Dallas, of course. Right. So uh it's very it's it's hard it, it's hard i really have to to start thinking really hard about this and kind of put it on the paper and and look and try to to scratch my memory to to be you know really um, fair in in saying which team i think is the best that's all right we put you on the spot uh, for a reason and the,
0: again we can talk to you offline about whether uh you know there's something that stands out so right, um, right. We want to wrap up here because we've taken a bunch of your time. But the news is you're leaving Texas and going back to Romania. And um, so as you're leaving, there's a couple things that come to mind. One is that uh, I don't think I've ever heard you speak about the UIL decision, which has a, which is detrimental to St. Mark's, which has had such success. What have you been thinking about that entire thing?
2: Uh, well— I, I always supported it. Uh, and the reason I supported it is because I believe it's the right thing for the sport. And I think the sport itself, it's bigger than St. Mark's. It's bigger than, than any coach, uh, because that's the future of the sport. So, uh, even though I didn't actively participate in meetings and all that, but I always supported, it. I always supported it with Chris Collin, with Joe and anybody else. Um, I, I knew it would be bad for us, and 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 we are we're working on 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 figure out ways for St. Marks because evidently it wipes us off from 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 uh, playing in a state. Right. Uh, so that's probably one of the worst things can happen to St. Marks, but one of the obviously the best things can happen for the sport. So so I, I had to be fair. Um, and I love the sport and I love the kids and, and uh, we need to, to do what's best for the sport, you know, and and uh, again, unfortunately for St. Mark's is the best for the sport. Well,
0: can you tell us anything, and maybe you can, maybe you can't, about whether the SPC, which is the conference in which St. Mark's typically competes for the rest of its sports, it's a small… Um, a small conference within the state, but still has some very pretty powerful members. Has there been any effort amongst them, or or the or, or any other conference, to create its own league or championship with water polo? Uh,
2: yes, we. I I know you know like like Joe and Chris, Colin and and myself. We tried. We got Green Hill to play for a while. Uh, we had the Cistercian play for a while. Um, we are. Obviously now with the, the administration at St. Mark's, we're trying to help and 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 kind of put a little bit of pressure on, on other teams from SBC and TAPS uh, to try to start a program, uh, putting some pressure on Green Hill right now. Uh, you know what I mean? Pressure, just trying to try to convince them that it's a good sport to, to, to do. So right. Um, so obviously this is the only future for St. Mark's, uh, would be a a private state championship. You know, we tried, uh, Joe Linhan worked really hard in the past. We had a couple of those, but only three, four teams. Uh, so we need to grow that. Um, we need to, to try to recruit more SPC teams, TAPS teams. Uh, so, so a team like St. Mark's will continue to have a future in the sport. So, uh, because that would be a shame uh, to see that sport going or, or diminishing in any way uh, at that school. Well, I understand um, that your
0: return to Romania might be a temporary one. You don't, you're not entirely sure. Um, in 20 seconds, what are you doing back in, uh, in your country?
2: Well, uh, we we'll built a pool with a couple of friends. Uh, so we have a pool and a fitness center. And uh, and start um, start a program there with uh, swimming, polo, uh, fitness, uh, uh, swim lessons, uh, anything that has to do with aquatics. Um, and we are building that pool. It's it's uh, almost done. I, I believe in two three months from now it's going to be completed. Uh, but like you said, it's uh, nobody can look in the future and, and be sure how it works. So. At this point is is temporary, so kind of uh, work uh, out of the country abroad and uh, see how it works. And um, never know. I mean, it might be something that I don't want to do. Maybe I just want to be here. So, uh, but maybe something that would work. So at this time it's kind of in the air. But but um, I you know yes I have to to change gear and um, and and start working on uh, on that on that project now for, for me.
0: That might be a conversation worth having with you before, uh, before you end up taking off, whenever that might be. I mean, obviously schedules are all up in the air at this point, right, but uh, right. something for us to talk about in the future. But until then, Mihai, it's been a delight to speak with you and, uh, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Thank you very much.
2: I appreciate it. It well, was Same to you. Stay safe. Thank you, James.
0: That was my, at least part of my conversation with Mihai Oprea, the head coach at uh, St. Mark's. There's more to be uh, listened to on Thursday. We'll send out the entire uh, interview. Just an amazing story, really, for those of you who who don't know it. Um, So look forward to that, but we are done. I mean, man, oh man, we covered a lot of territory. Uh, But here's our chance to remind everybody about what's coming up.
1: We have the Coach to Coaches this upcoming Thursday at 12.30 p.m., Um, there's like the links for the zoom uh, meaning links are online at txwaterpolo.com. yep then next week uh, we'll do something similar that we're doing with me this week with Justin Puddle. right we'll have excerpts
0: of his of of Joe's conversation with him on Tuesday and then release the entire interview on Thursday really packed full of information like from from state to state you know really incredible stuff so um, anyway I think we're done right Joe thank you
1: Perfect. All right. Perfect. Thanks,
0: James. See you next week. And thanks to Mihai uh, Oprea in particular for taking the time to talk with us. And uh, we thank you for listening and telling a friend about the TX Waterflow podcast. Find us on TXWaterpillow.com, uh, especially since we're going to push out this, uh, this poll very soon that we need your input. Um, and you can find us at uh, our, our, the podcast, our social media, leave comments. Make, make sure to leave comments because we want to know about these teams that we may have missed out on. Um, and also give to the cause and generally stay up to date with what's going on. But until next week, so long from Austin.
1: and a production of TWP Sports, LLC. My dog is scratching at the door. Uh, I can start. hear him.